0: Jesus said to his disciples, a rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, what is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, what shall I do? Now that the master is taking the position of steward away from me I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors, one by one. To the first he said, how much do you owe my master? He replied, 100 measures of olive oil. He said to him, here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for 50. Then to another, the steward said, and how much do you owe? He replied, 100 cores of wheat. The steward said to him, here's your promissory note, write one for 80. Then the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in the dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones, and the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If therefore you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Good morning, everyone. Uh, This morning we have a a gospel reading that can be very, very confusing because uh, on the outset, just on the surface, it looks as if Jesus is uh, somehow praising uh, someone who's committed a sin, a a theft, he's been stealing from his master, but as uh, is most often the case, there is a a hidden meaning behind the parable uh, that we should pay attention to. And so uh, we should recognize also that when Luke uh, refers to this steward, he calls him the, this dishonest steward. Uh, so, so Luke and our Lord are not commending his sin of theft. He is being commended, however, for his prudence. For the, he's, Jesus says the sons of this generation are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light This dishonest steward is procuring for himself his future in such a way that the sons of light don't seem to do the same with their spiritual life. Jesus says, make friends for yourself with dishonest wealth. Jesus here is not merely speaking about physical things, but eternal life and the things of the kingdom of God. Dishonest wealth is that which doesn't truly belong to us. You can't take any of the money that you earn in this world or inherit. You cannot take it with you into eternity. One of the basic principles of the the spirituality of stewardship is recognizing that everything that we have is a gift from God, and God is giving us these blessings. He's allowing us to be the stewards of these blessings, um, but it's up to us in, in the end what we do with the blessings God gives us, our time, our talent, and our treasure. You may recall the parable that Jesus tells about the king who gives uh, wealth to three servants, and two of the servants invest their wealth, and one buries it in the ground. And so these all of the things that we possess in our life, We should see them as blessings from God, gifts from God that he's allowed us to be the steward of. And so we could call that uh, all that wealth that we have is not truly ours because we can't take it with us in heaven. We only have it for, what, a hundred years if you're strong? Um, And most of us probably less than that. So the wealth Jesus is telling us, we should use it in such a way that we prepare for heaven. In Luke chapter 12, we hear Jesus say this, Sell your possessions and give alms. Provide yourselves with purses that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Jesus is talking to us primarily about almsgiving, to pay down your debts and other people's debts to God and to prepare ourselves for treasure in heaven. I believe it was uh, St. Francis of Assisi who said that if you want to store up treasure in heaven, we do so by making a deposit in the mouths of the poor. Give Give your wealth away. In a sense, be wasteful as this this dishonest steward was wasteful and you will be rewarded in heaven. This is what St. Augustine had to say about this uh, particular gospel passage in one of his sermons. St. Augustine says, why did the Lord Jesus Christ present this parable to us? He surely did not approve of that cheat of a servant who cheated his master, stole from him and did not make it up from his own pocket. On top of that, he also did some extra pilfering. He caused his master further loss in order to prepare a little nest of quiet and security for himself after he lost his job. Why did the Lord set this before us? It is not because that servant cheated, but because he exercised foresight for the future. And I think this is the key to understanding the parable, the foresight that he had for the future. So Augustine continues, When even a cheat is praised for ingenuity, Christians who make no such provision blush. I mean this, is what he added. Behold, the children of this age are more prudent than the children of light. They they perpetuate frauds in order to secure their future. In what life, after all, did that steward insure himself like that? What one, as going to quit when he bowed to his master's decision, he was insuring himself for a life that was going to end. Would you not insure yourself for eternal life? This is the end of St. Augustine's quote. The servant is being commended for his foresight. Jesus is saying that if people of this world go through even extreme measures to provide for their futures, how much more should Christians go through extreme measures to provide for our eternal future, eternal life with God? We think about how much so many of us prepare for our retirement, and all of that is good. Uh, we may even hire people to look after our portfolio so that when we finally quit our jobs, we will be comfortable until we finally pass away. But Jesus is saying that if we think like this and, and know how to prepare uh, for this world, how should we prepare for eternal life? And so how, how much have we thought about our spiritual future and we can do this in, I think, two ways. One is almsgiving. It's not really our wealth. It's God's blessings that He's given and entrusted to us to care for. And so by giving to the poor, we secure treasure in heaven. I think the second way that we could look at this is to look at it in terms of forgiveness. Now, I have to confess uh, to you that sometimes when I'm in the confessional, I feel a little bit like this steward because it's God who's doing the forgiveness and I get to dispense it in the confessional, right? You know, how many our fathers do you normally say for this sin? Here, make it three our fathers, now go in peace, right? And so I'm like that dishonest steward, forgiving people in the confessional. And they, um, what about us? We can forgive the sins of others, dispensing that forgiveness by saying, I forgive you what you've done to me, and when you do that, you attract the Father's praise. If you start dispensing that forgiveness generously to people and forgive from your heart, not just saying the words, but forgiving from your heart, you attract the Father's praise just like this master was attracted to how this servant prudently prepared for his future. This was such an important teaching in the life of Jesus that we say it probably every day. Forgive us, Father, our trespasses. You could put the word sin there. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And so the measure by which we forgive, how generous you are in your forgiveness, will be the measure measured back to us and so jesus invites us i think in two ways reading this scripture passage to be generous both with our our wealth in the way that we care for the poor in contrast to the first reading where we hear about how the poor are taken advantage of they said we would even sell them the refuse that comes from the wheat the pieces of grass the pieces of the the the, the chaff we'll even sell that and we will enslave the poor. So in contrast to that, Jesus invites us to be, in a sense, almost wasteful of our wealth in the way that we are generous to the poor. And in doing so, we prepare for ourselves purses in heaven, treasure in heaven that never grows old, that will not be eaten by the moth or taken by a thief. It will be ours for eternity. It becomes true wealth also our forgiveness. When we dispense with forgiveness from our heart, we attract the Father's mercy uh, toward us. And so let us be inspired by this parable on two things, our giving in charity to the poor and our forgiveness from our heart to those who have sinned against us, so to procure for ourselves wealth and treasure in the eyes of our Father. Amen. I invite at this time our candidates to come forward to receive their Bibles. We pray, Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless these Bibles and all who will read from these pages. May they be inspired to follow Christ more faithfully. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Candidates, receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God.